Yes, thank you, Roy. We uh, look for the first glimpse of the uh, car on uh, Castletown Bridge before they get to Castletown Corner. So eight laps for this Harlequin 250cc race over uh, 34 miles of this uh, Balloon circuit. And uh, I think it could be pretty close. We've had close racing this morning. In fact, it, well, it couldn't be closer. One race won by one uh, two thousandth of a second. And in the 600, second 600cc event here for much of the race, we had as many as 10 competitors within 10 seconds. It only needed, uh, well, a slight mistake or loss of gear or anything to drop your places. I know Chris Palmer uh, overshot very, very slightly and dropped 10 places. So close was the racing. 10 seconds separated about a, a 10 riders for most of the race. And of course, as we know, eventually won by um, Guy Martin and clearly from his interview with Chris Kinley down there in the paddock, absolutely delighted he was. So anyway, the machines of the, two, the 250s are uh, joining us now as uh, they come towards us with uh, number one, Ian Locker, weaving that to machine around, ensuring the uh, heat into those tyres. He takes his place uh, on my left-hand side, that is the right-hand side of the road, on the front row of the grid. In pole position, of course, is number five, Chris Palmer. Nigel Beatty's there now. As we've mentioned previously, a few adjustments here quickly for Ian Locker. That's a bit of a panic here as he uh, down at the uh, front of the machine, but all seems to be well, I think. No, 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 no. Could be, we could be talking drama indeed. No, he's pushing it forward again to, uh, to his position, so hopefully he's... Uh, He's going to get that going. 44, just looking back there, I can certainly see Barry Davidson. Uh, 42, also taking his place, Jarno Holland. But uh, very shortly we'll be off. The red flag currently being shown, and then it's uh, engage gear, watch the lights, and suddenly we'll be off. But away! Pouring the air there from number 75, Neil Chadwick. But uh, once again, a clean start and a tremendous number of crowds here lining Castletown uh, Bypass. Uh, and a great view it is. Well, that one came through from the back and where that one came from, I know not. But that was certainly pretty quick. I was watching the uh, machines go away from us here down the bypass and suddenly, woof, through here came uh, quite a speed merchant. Anyway, uh, we'll bring you the news as it happens. So. Uh, Chris Palmer, pole position, Nigel Beatty alongside him and Ian Locker. We'll be adjusting our times for uh, the handovers to the commentary positions here, given that almost every race we have is different. Let me just explain the position with regard to race and lap records. There are, of course, two, two 250cc races. There's the 250 Junior, uh, which we had the other evening, and there's this 250cc, which is simply a 250cc race. So there are two different lap and race records. As it happens, Ian Locker holds both of them, but this particular one dates back to 2002, whereas the previous one had a lap at 2002 and a race at 2005. It's all very confusing, but it'll all settle down and we'll give you all the information as we can. So is it going to be Locker? Is it going to be Palmer? Or is it going to be one of the others who are seriously making a challenge? Lindsay, let's go to cross four ways. Yes, we can't hear them as yet. Uh, certainly they will. I think the wind direction is very funny because, again, when we take the earphones off, we can't hear the start, which is unusual. But I can tell you there's 250s at Chris Palmer from Ian Locker, but it's as close as that. And Nigel Beatty is right there as well. There's William Dunlop, number 26. 
Michael Dunlop, 26, yes, 32 through as well in sixth place, but certainly really tight at the front. The three of them arrived absolutely spot on, and 55, it must have been a poor start there for 55, Darren Lindsay, because he's well down, down, in fact, in 10th place. So it's number five, Chris Palmer from number one, Ian Locker, with Nigel Beatty third. It's then number 26, William Dunlop, followed by number 42, Jarno Holland, steering damper working, and then number 32, Michael Dunlop. The marshals are here, the 250s are heading towards you, Morris. Yes, thank you, Roy. So, uh, well, the first George is uh, Chris Palmer from Ian Locker. It'll be interesting to see if that is maintained. The machines are, of course, over the bridge and coming towards us now down the straight. And the race leader is Palmer from Locker, from Beatty. It's as quick as that, it's as close as that. 26, 42, 32, 44. So we've got William Dunlop in third place, Jarno Holland, Michael Dunlop and Barry Davidson. They're the first six. 36 and 55, there's Darren Lindsay. And as Roy said, dropped a lot of time there, most unexpectedly. So Darren Lindsay way down the field there. Barry Davidson, Jamie Gersenbeck, Jamie O'Brien. Uh, El Forrest, Neil Chadwick and Darren Lindsay down in as well, about 15th place we have him here, so that'll be quite interesting, but the uh, opening lap for Chris Palmer, 2 minutes 37.251, an advantage over Ian Locker of 0.195 of a second, so less than two, less than 0.2 of a second is Chris Palmer's advantage on completion of that first lap. Nigel Beatty's in third place, he's 0.7 of a second down on Chris Palmer. So less than a second separate the first three at the end of that lap with William Dunlop in fourth place, Jarno Holland in fifth, Michael Dunlop in sixth, Barry Davidson is seventh, Benny Jersenback is eighth, Jamie O'Brien is ninth, El Forrest tenth, Neil Chadwick eleventh, Neil Cudworth twelfth, Darren Lindsay is showing as thirteenth place. I think he was... Uh, I'm not quite sure about that one. He was certainly in the middle of the pack, but obviously not going very well. We've got him down, in fact, as eighth place here, so maybe that time will uh, need to be shuffled in. In fact, he is 253.193, which would put him up into eighth place. Anyway, for the moment, let's go out to cross four ways. Yes, absolutely perfect timing, Morris, because they are here, and Chris Palmer still leads from number one, Ian Locker with Nigel Beatty. They've just dropped him a little bit. 26 there, William Dunlop, and number 42, uh, 32, Michael Dunlop. We just missed one going through there, through, but it looks as though it was uh, 5 1, 22, 26, 42. 42, Jarno Holland lying in fifth place with their number 32 in sixth, 32, Michael Dunlop in sixth, and number 44 in seventh place, 44 on our list, Barry Davidson. Number 56, well, he's dropped well, Jamie O'Brien. Well, Darren Lindsay was going quite well when he went through here, and but he hasn't arrived as yet. There's El Forrest and number 75, 75, Neil Chadwick. So, obviously, engine problems there for Darren Lindsay. That's the way it is. It's uh, Chris Palmer, over to you, Morris. Yes, thanks, Roy. Spot on once again, because here's come the first two, five and one. This is that. Followed by Beatty, so it's Palmer and Locker still, but still nothing to separate them. There's 26, William Dunlop, just a little bit behind Nigel Beatty, but ahead now of Jarno Holland, should be him, it is, he crosses the line now. Two laps completed, followed by Barry Davidson. So Barry Davidson certainly got ahead of Michael Dunlop there, and yes, there would appear to be problems, as you quite rightly say, Roy, for Darren Lindsay. He wouldn't be down that far, and in fact, I suspect he's probably a retirement. But Chris Palmer leads by 0.2 of a second from Ian Locker, and then one and a half seconds further back on that is Nigel Beatty, which means that 1.7 seconds only separate the first three. A lap time there of 2.32.522, the quickest lap so far by Palmer. 56 is Jamie O'Brien. 
and he's in six, seventh place. Two more machines into view now. The first of those is number 88. That must be El Forrest at 65. Uh, Neil Chadwick. So El Forrest moves to eighth place. Neil Chadwick is in ninth. Next machine, that of 63. That's uh, Neil Cudworth. And he completes uh, the 10 who have uh, managed to complete two laps of this uh, circuit. And the quickest of those was Chris Palmer, 230.522, 101.646. A growing time so far for him of five minutes and seven seconds, just a, well, 0.2 of a second up on Ian Locker. It looks as though we're going to have another very close and fast battle. I can tell you number 32 has had an offer at the bridge, but he's perfectly OK. Let's go to Roy. Yes, number 32, that Michael Dunlop there just slipping off at Castletown Corner. But certainly the leaders here are now at Cross Four Ways and it's still Palmer. But only just from Ian Locker. Nigel Beatty just dropped that few yards further back, but certainly Ian Locker, and it looks as though he was just going to have a go going into Church Benz, but thought better off it. So Chris Palmer leads into Church Benz, and there's two together. Yarno Holland must be one of these. It is 44, 42, and 44, Barry Davidson. And the order going through there was in fourth place, number 42, Yarno Holland, and in fifth place, number 44. But the race being led by number five, Chris Palmer from Ian Locker with Nigel Beatty third, and then that order there. And they've pulled such a gap out that certainly they're well ahead of the rest of the field now they'll be hammering down through Great Meadow the little two strokes getting up there 14,000, 15,000 revs absolutely flat on the stop as they go over the crest of the rise at Great Meadow down into Stadium Corner and then sweep in onto the bridge and into the view of Morris Maudsley Spot on Roy, there they go, 5-1, and one. they cross the bridge together, they've crossed the line together virtually and 22, Nigel Beatty just a little way back the lead maintained, it's 0.3 of a second, it's visual really. It's just a matter of yards between Chris Palmer and Ian Locker on lap three. The quickest lap so far, 44 and 42. Looks as though Barry Davidson was just about to take Jarno Holland across the line, but the figures show that at the line, Jarno Holland maintained that for fourth place, but Barry Davidson right with him there. They're the first five through on the road, surprisingly for the moment, quite clear. I can tell you number 26, that's uh, William Dunlop, is a retirement. Unfortunately, William has retired at the Iron Gate. Ryder perfectly OK, so unfortunately both uh, William and Michael Dunlop out of this race. So that'll give an opportunity for some others to move up. As I say, Jarno Holland already has because he's up in that fourth place, but I think by now Barry Davidson probably holds that. So it's Chris Palmer, Ian Locker, Nigel Beatty, Jarno Holland, Barry Davidson, only five riders so far completed three laps. <laughs> 56, Jamie O'Brien in sixth place. This should move El Forest up. There she is now, crossing the line ahead of Neil Chadwick. So eight, maybe we've only got about nine uh, competitors on the left in this particular event, looking for the ninth one, and this could be that. It should be Neil Cudworth, number 63 it is. He crosses the line now, and that should complete our field. Let's go out across four ways. Yes, the little 250s giving us great excitement again as they buzz down towards us. We just tried to see, it looks as though it's still Chris Palmer who's holding. No, Ian Locker tries the inside, but just has to back off. But he's certainly not giving up and just tailing him again as they go off towards Church Benz. There's Nigel Beatty, just dropped those few extra yards again, but very, very safe in third place. Just misses a gear there on the 250 as they go away and certainly away towards Church Benz and the top three through. 
The two together though, 44, Yarno Holland and Barry Davidson. It's number 44, Barry Davidson, who's got it across four ways on lap four. But again, tailing him, getting the best of the slipstream as they head away over there. So that's the top five. Chris Palmer, Ian Locker, Nigel Beatty, 44 in Barry Davidson in fourth place. And in fifth place, number 42, number 42, Yarno Holland. As you say, quite rightly say, there's nobody else about now, but they shouldn't be too far away from you now. Morris. Yes, thanks, Roy. Spot on once again. And, of course, uh, it's Palmer from... Well, it's still the same, really. Um, I, I think it was 0.33, now it's 0.32, but they're pulling out a bit over this battle. Nigel Beatty, he was four seconds behind. He's now seven seconds behind in that third place. So the battle's up front. Chris Palmer and Ian Locker. Chris Palmer, of course, bidding for a double, having won on uh, Tuesday evening, as, of course, did Locker. But, of course, Chris Palmer did win on the 250. 42-44, Jarno Holland still maintained an advantage over Barry Davidson. bit surprised about that. I thought Barry probably had the edge of him when they crossed the line at the completion of the previous lap. And, of course, Chris Palmer uh, bidding to go one better than he did last year when Ian Locker got the measure of him by about uh, 10 seconds. Well, can he reverse those positions? He's certainly doing so at the moment. He's holding Ian Locker at bay, but it certainly is very, very tight. We've four laps completed, but the fastest lap was lap three for both of those competitors. Palmer, 230.01, Ian Locker, 230.06. Both of them just shy of 102 mile an hour, 101.993 for Palmer. We await the arrival of Jamie O'Brien, El Forrest, Neil Chadwick, Neil Cudworth. Those could be all of them that we get. Jamie O'Brien, certainly we should get on air probably, and I can see certainly one machine crossing the bridge here, coming towards Castletown Corner and down the straight. That should be Jamie O'Brien. We look for uh, number 56, that's the number we're looking for, and certainly it is. He crosses the line now. Just behind him should be El Forrest and Neil Chadwick. And they cross the line now. It's probably time to go to cross four ways. Yes, again, Morris, you're absolutely spot on because we can hear them approaching and no sign of Ian Locker. It's Chris Palmer well out on his own by himself. No sign of Ian Locker. Into second place now will come then Nigel Beatty, and here he is, number 22, Nigel Beatty. Distinctive green plates you always associate with the 250s going back to the old Locker's days out. with Phil Reed. Ian Locker is out, apparently engine machine trouble. Ian Locker stopped somewhere between the start and Osiris Court, plus four ways. Bella Whetstone, Ian Locker out with engine trouble. So these boys will be battling for third now. And that's Jarno Hanlon and Yolano Holland and Barry Davidson. And the orders they went through here was 44 holding on to third. Number 44 being Barry Davidson with Jarno Holland, though, right up his exhaust pipes, number 42. So that's the top four through. So with the news that Ian Locker is out at Bella Whetstone, over to you, Morris. Yes, thanks, Roy. Here's now the race leader and, of course, on his own, Chris Palmer. And he'll have the signals that will tell him that. So he can certainly relax a little now because the second-place man is here now and it's, uh, of course, Gary Beatty and uh, Nigel Beatty. Why do we always do that? So, yes, Nigel Beatty, he's through, but he's a full 10 seconds down on Chris Palmer. And uh, news was uh, that Ian Lockett was out at Bella Whetstone. Obviously, some mechanical problem there, Ryder. Perfectly OK, but that promotes Nigel Beatty to second place. And now this battle for third. And Barry Davison does have the edge this time over Jarno Holland and uh, has, uh, for the moment at least, snatched that third place. So five laps completed. But that was, in fact, Chris Palmer's 
fastest lap, 229.773, 102.155. And he's only, uh, well, less than a couple of seconds outside uh, Ian Locker's lap record set back in 2002. So only four competitors so far have completed the five laps. As I say, Chris Palmer's quickest lap was on that fifth lap, 229.773, 102.155. And obviously a very comfortable position with him. Uh, for with that 10-second uh, advantage that he now enjoys over Nigel Beatty, which is a little different to the 0.3 advantage that he held over Ian Locker. So disappointment for Ian Locker, but uh, he'll be back this afternoon, make no mistake about that, and he'll be trying once again to improve his tally of wins as he chases uh, the Joy Dunlop's record of 31. And, of course, uh, for the moment, I think Chris Palmer may well be with Roy very shortly. Roy? And no doubt getting aboard to tell him that Locker's out and he's got a substantial lead, but it doesn't seem to affect him at all. They kind of cruise into here, the two strokes, on the overrun, crank it over, tremendous grip, and then wind it on as they go through the box on the way to Church Pens. And there's 22, Nigel Beatty. So he won't be able to see anybody, I wouldn't have thought, from the stretch here, from the start and finish. It would be, he might have just caught a glimpse of the leader going through the Iron Gate as he was coming through Balakagan, but certainly a tremendous lead there for number five, Chris Palmer. And 44 still has it off the battle for third, Barry Davidson over 42, Jan Holland, but they're having their own private race. And again, just looking to see whether there's any way nip past onto Church Bends, but it's not there. Barry Davidson holds the lead into Church Bends. So Chris Palmer, well on his way, number five. He shouldn't be too far away from you, Morris. Yes, thanks, Roy. And in fact, he's here now with uh, excellent timing once again. He's back on the line. Six laps completed, so six out of eight for Chris Palmer. Palmer, with well, his advantage now quite considerable, almost the length of the straight because here's Nigel, Nigel Beatty now crossing. The uh, 12 seconds now, so he's pushed it up yet again. But his quickest lap was still lap five. And as you rightly say, Roy, I'm sure he's getting plenty of information to tell him that uh, his great rival, certainly in this race, Ian Locker, is unfortunately out. And, uh, well, Chris Palmer bidding for yet another victory on this circuit. 44-42. That's a good battle that for uh, that third place between Barry Davidson and Jarno Holland. Barry Davidson just holding the advantage by half a second as they cross the line here. They're both averaging around about the 99-mile-an-hour mark. Uh, their quickest lap, in fact, I should say, was 99 by Barry Davidson, 98.9 for Jarno Holland, but the quickest lap of the race so far set up by Chris Palmer whilst having that tremendous uh, duel with Ian Locker. That duel have gone, but uh, no doubt uh, Chris Palmer will be looking, as I say, for yet a further victory here to add to uh, his other this week, for a double for him, and, of course, he will, as long as he continues to progress at the pace he is doing, reverse the positions from last year. But unfortunately, we have lost one or two of the more notable competitors in this race, which has left us with, in fact, only four competitors so far, having completed lap six, and probably only another four on the circuit. There's only about eight out there, Jamie O'Brien and Al Forrest being a couple of those, but it must be time to get the leader at cross fourways. Yes, Al Forrest and Neil Chadwick having a good battle, but here's the leader, lap number seven, cross fourways. Same distinctive way and up through the box, has a look over his shoulder, but absolutely no problems. All he's seeing is a clear road behind him because Nigel Beatty is here now, but they won't even catch a glimpse if he looked behind if he just entered Church Bends because uh, he was going through Church Bends and Nigel was just going round cross four ways. I would imagine after Church Bends, he'll have been sufficient distance between him that he'll have gone through the little sweep, the little kink on the end of Great Meadow and up over the rise and heading towards Castletown and they probably won't 
won't catch sight, but Barry Davidson still leads the battle for third from number 42, Jarno Honland. Number 44, they're just keeping that distance as he has for most of the race. That distance is not much, about a machine's length here across four ways, but the leader should be with you, Morris. Yes, he is. He's just about to overtake, I think, Neil Cudworth. Neil Cudworth just in front of him there, but he's uh, passed him by now, so Chris Palmer gets the flag to let him know that he's on his eighth and final circuit uh, with a considerable advantage over this man, Nigel Beatty, but a good performance by Nigel in that second place, and uh, he's, what, just 13.7 seconds down on uh, Chris Palmer, but very secure in that second place. In fact, looking at the times, he'd uh, quite a considerable advantage over Barry Davidson and Jarno Holland, who were battling for third. Uh, Jamie O'Brien and Neil Chadwick and El Forest, they'll still be on the same lap and should get eight laps in. There's the battle for Barry Davidson, only just ahead of Jarno Holland by, well, 0.3 of a second. It was half a second at the completion of lap six. That's uh, been reduced to 0.3. So, uh, but again, that's visual and a good... Uh, scrap around the course between those two and it'll be interesting to see which one of those makes the third podium place but it's Chris Palmer with a 13 second advantage and well less than four miles to go now uh, to the chequered flag and win number four and I'm sure he'll be uh, delighted about that his best lap time 229.773 on lap five unlikely to be exceeded because there's really no need for him to do so chris palmer nigel Beatty, barry davidson and Jarno holland just the four of those the growing time for chris palmer 17 minutes 39.251 and last year of course it was a 10 lap race 24 minutes, 59 seconds for Ian Locker, but it must be time to catch the race leader at Cross Fourways. Yes, El Forrest just, just dropped back from that battle there with the, the other two, but the leader is here, lap number six, and noticeably slower this time round. Just takes it on the overrun a bit further. In fact, I think he just went up a gear earlier just to nurse the engine through, and certainly up two or three and down through the box then for Church. And here's Nigel Beatty now, 22. Well, he's out later on the bigger bikes, and I've just got tremendous respect for the boys here who can jump on to two-stroke machines and four-stroke machines. Difference in power, difference in technique in riding them, and certainly produce some really good performances. And we're just looking at that battle now. I think we will just have about time to get that through here before we have to get the winner through the start and finish. And it's 44, the same order as it's been all the way through. Barry Davidson, 44, from 42, Yarnell Honnold. We don't want to miss the win. Over to you, Morris. Yes, thanks, Roy. El Forrest has just gone through here to start her eighth and final circuit behind Neil Chadwick and Jamie O'Brien. But the race winner to take the chequered flag is Chris Palmer. A total time of 20 minutes, 12.269 seconds uh, and a comfortable victory indeed. We await for the uh, Nigel Beatty to take that second place and a pretty comfortable place for him as well. Nigel Beatty takes the second flag now. He's ahead of Neil Woodworth, of course, who completes seven laps. Nigel Beatty naturally completing eight and the victory margin in the end for Chris Palmer was a comfortable 15.471 seconds. A race time of 20 minutes, 12.269 for Chris Palmer, for Nigel Beatty, 20.27. Now, who's going to take this third place? It's Jarno Holland on the nod there, really. 
just pipped Barry Davidson for third place. So the first three, Chris Palmer, Nigel Beatty, Jarno Holland. Jarno Holland eventually taking that place from Barry Davidson by 0.1 of a second, 0.15 in fact. So Chris Palmer, Nigel Beatty, Jarno Holland, they're the first three in this Harlequin 250cc race. Another victory for local man Chris Palmer, well deserved, and I'm sure he'd be absolutely delighted about that. And he should be by now with Chris Kinley in a paddock. Yeah, Chris Palmer here, win them before Chris uh, challenged them. Locker disappeared, unfortunately, Darren Lindsay didn't even make the start. He had a few problems, so when he went out, pretty easy, eh? Yeah, it left, yeah, sort of left me in no man's land, to be honest. It was really hard to concentrate, because, you know, obviously, you want to win at the slowest speed if you can. I thought, well, if I lose my concentration, anything can happen, so I just sort of kept my head down, but eased it off the last couple of laps, to be honest. Did he show his front wheel at all when he was behind you? Yeah, he came alongside me, coming out of Castletown Corner one lap, and I thought, well, I knew he was there, <coughs> and uh, I thought, well, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be one way or the other, you know what I mean? And then when he disappeared, I couldn't believe it, like, so lucky for me. You getting a good board to tell you had a good gap? Uh, there's plenty of people out there giving us a sort of the, the right signals, do you know what I mean? So, but, uh, but again, that's uh, you know that, that's good to know as well. But it, it just it's just hard to keep your concentration up when you've got a good lead. And the good thing about it, no back markers, uh, you can obviously keep 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 your target, couldn't you? You just counting down the laps. Absolutely, yeah. Just praying for that last lap flag, to be honest. Yeah. And out again, the one, two, five in a bit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that should be a good one as well. All right, Chris. Thanks. Well done. Thank you. There you go, Chris Palmer. Let's get in here. This uh, 250s had a good bit of success this year. Second place. Well done, Nigel. Yeah, cheers, Chris. Yeah, no, I was uh, made up with that, but lucky to finish here. It sort of nipped off, went onto one cylinder on the, the last lap at Church Bend, so, Ooh. you know, just sort of coasted it in, really. But, you know, the, the, the age of the bike now, so it's a 98, and things are starting to take its toll, really. You know, there's little bits going wrong here, there, and everywhere, you know. So, But, no, made, made up to finish on the podium, and, you know, my best result down here. So, yeah, chuffed a bit. You got your dad to buy a new one of these new ones. I think that's what we need, don't we? It's the way you got after, to do it. After Rob, Rob is, uh, Rob is mattress, I think. Have a <laughs> quick look under there. <laughs> but uh, Ian and uh, Chris got away, didn't he? And, you know, you couldn't really keep with them, could you? I mean, they're on it. Yeah, no, first couple of laps I could sort of stick with them and then they sort of upped the pace and, you know, the, the pace wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really comfortable with the pace that they were sort of going, so I sort of decided to sort of step back. Um, and, yeah, yeah, just nurse at home, but another lap and she wouldn't have done that. <laughs> well done, Nigel. Cheers, guys. There you go, excellent stuff. Let's get, if we can, and just have a word with Yarno, if I can just jump in here. Yarno has had a bit of an up-and-down year. Uh, let's just jump, let's push this lady out of the way. Excuse me a moment, thank you. Let's just get, quickly get Yarno before Derek does his announcement. I bet you didn't think you'd be here when you were lying at Tandrogee in the road, did you? No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, it's very close there between myself and Barry. Uh, I stayed in front for a few laps and then his bike was just a wee bit quicker so I just decided to sit behind him and uh, in the last corner I had a foot down the front wheel kept pattering across the road and Barry got back up to the inside but I'll come back out across and made a, he made me leg it but I'll say sorry now. <laughs> well done Yano. Thank you. They go totally out of breath, so there you go. Just didn't want to hold uh, Derek up with the presentations. So there's your first three. Just in incidentally, there I was talking about Yano. He had a bit of a uh, talk to it before the start of the race. He had a three-bike crasher there. Tandragee, a very, very fast spot. Lucky to be here, really. So a uh, good third position for Yano there. Back to you, Morris. Looks as though we're getting some action now, and uh, the people with the uh, roll markers holding up these uh, the yellow uh, flags. We can call them flags. Uh, little boards made to look like flags with fully enough numbers on them. And number one means that that is the front row, and that should contain number 10, Alan Oversby in pole position. Obviously, he came past Roy towards the back of the grid. Be interested to see where he slots in. But Dave Madsden Migdal's here. And uh, so is uh, Chris McGarn. So Chris McGarn takes his position. I can also see on the second row there, Ron Saw. 
uh, Ron um, on the 750 Norton Spondon. Uh, just looking for number 10. There's somebody coming through from the back of the grid, wending his way through, and uh, it's the aforementioned Alan Oversby for whom we wait, being directed into position. Obviously, had a little late as he left the uh, paddock, but he's here now. The grid is formed, as I say, it doesn't take very long. The red flag currently being shown, and they'll be given the two signals to engage gear. We're told the grid is formed. Watch the lights, and we're going to be off on this classic race. We're very sure we're going to wait. There they go. So, yet another clean start. Uh, just one at the back, actually, with uh, a bit of a problem being pushed. I think it's June Christian. Uh, number 21, it is. It fires now, and he gets away at least. So excited about that, but uh, a little bit of ground uh, to make up there from uh, June Christian. You'd expect him to say that he's from uh, somewhere on the Alamand, but actually living in Luton. But, uh, yeah, the whole field safely away. Uh, Chris McGarn alongside and last year's winner, Alan Oversby. Dave Mazden middle there. He was second last year. Chris McGarn was third. So those three probably expected to be in the shake-up over these six laps, six laps of this circuit, 25 and a half miles, three classes in one. That'll uh, just increase the, uh, the level of difficulty and uh, certainly tax me, uh, if not uh, Roy, out across four ways. But we'll, uh, we'll do our best uh, to sort them out. As I say, we'll concentrate on the race. There are lap and race records for each of the, the classes that are represented here uh, this afternoon. But anyway, we've got uh, superb conditions, a slight breeze and uh, uh, an enjoyable meeting, certainly. And these classic boys, given the fact that they've uh, not yet been out here with last evening being cancelled, itching to get going, I'm, I know, but they should be approaching Roy fairly shortly indeed. Let's go to cross four ways. Yes, just a bit of information passed through, 19th of August to the 4th of September, Manx Grand Prix, and if anybody rides who say they're going to ride, Ryan Farquhar, Ian Locker, what a tremendous battle that's going to be, but the battle we're concerned about here is down at Palown in the Southern 100 for this Eurocars Classic race, and the machines are in view, and it's number one, Dave madston Mickle followed by Alan Oversby, Chris McGon, 31, Paul Coward, and number 11, Alan Brew, and there's number two, Ron Saw, 24 with us now, Rich Hawkins, 33, Tony Court on that beautiful sounding Honda, the first of the 250s, I think was number 44, but we'll have to check that one up, Pete Wakefield, 26, that's on the yellow plates, 26, well that was the additional entry there of Harold Bromley, 18, 41, 38, there's Roger Hurst on his machine, the two little 250 Suzuki in Kawasaki colours, and the last one through is number 42, 42, Jared O'Kane. Well, they've been coming to the Southern 100 for a long, long time. 45, I think, will be just be the last chance we get through to get Nick Penny, but Dave Madstone leads, Madstone leads. What's the position at the start and finish? Yes, thanks, Roy. Well, we'll tell you very shortly, because certainly one or two machines, well, more than one or two, have been spotted in the grid, but two are fairly close. So will it be Dave Madstone Migdal? It's number one for the <laughs> 31 and 11, so it's gone. No, one from 10, I had it. So I had Dave Madsden Migdal from Alan Oversby. There's two, 24, 33, and 32. Five, 44. Numbers only at the moment, 19 and 40. Uh, Steve Gibbs, number 40, safely through. 16, 25 and 22. It's 
So with most of the field through here already, there looks like one retirement here. Signal to be number 18 has indicated his intention to stop at the pits, as has number 38. So Roger Hurst looks as though he's going to be retirement. Ron Brown, number 18, also indicated his intention to pull in at the paddock. One long run, number 42, Jared O'Kane, that's the on the 250. But Dave Mansden Migdal, number one, certainly led from here, 45. Also through is an additional entry, Nick Penny, number 21, I can tell you, during Christian, the man who started at the very, very back of the field, slid off, I believe, at cross four ways, probably in front of Roy, but I believe Ryder perfectly okay. So it's number one who leads, that's uh, Dave Mansden Migdal, from number 10, Alan Oversby, uh, from. Uh, I don't know why I've got Chris McGarn in there. I certainly didn't think that number nine was through there, but maybe Roy can tell us when we get it across four ways. Yes, uh, Dewan Christian did slid the ground. The back end just came round on him. I think we believe his father, Dennis, slipped off here a few number of years ago when we were on commentary duty here, but perfectly OK, and the SO doesn't look to be too damaged at all. But Chris McGarn, that's the Chris McGarn, it's Dave Madsen Migdal is here, and certainly right behind him is number 10, and that is Chris McGarn. Number 11, Alan Brew, and 31, Paul Coward. Well, Paul Coward must be leading the 350 class on that, I would think. Certainly number two, Ron Soar, is here as well, and 24, they're just showing the flag to indicate there is a patch of oil down, Rich Hawkins. And then you can hear that distinctive sound there off the Tony Court Honda, number 14 going away, number five, John Knowles, distinctive white fairing with the two pipes sticking out from the back, and 44, I think he is the leader of the 250 class, 44 being Peter Wakefield. 16, we don't see any other group numbers in, there's Les Trotter, well he treats this corner with respect, 492 Suzuki, which he had his Manx Grand Prix win on, I don't know whether it's the same one beating uh, Danny Shimon by the Manawest margins. Over to you, Morris. Yes, thanks, Roy. We've just got a bit of a shuffle with the computer system here, but I can tell you number one does the race. So it's Dave Mazden Migdal maintaining Alan Oversby, followed by uh, number nine, uh, that's Chris McGarn, then 11 and 31, Alan Brew and Paul Coward. So a continued advantage for Dave Mazden Migdal on that 8.30 Triumph 3. Number two through now is and uh, I think Rich Hawkins and Tony Court also through. I've got time for Alan Oversby, but I don't have time for the race leader. I can tell you Alan Oversby uh, had an opening no, lap of 92.002, 246.301. He's in second place, uh, three seconds behind him is Chris McGarn. We'll try and work out the uh, respective classes fairly shortly. Alan Oversby on the 500 clearly leads that class because the Master Migdal, now with his opening lap of 246.58, leads the race overall. So it's Dave Mazden Middle from Alan Oversby and Chris McGarn. Uh, Chris McGarn, of course, also on the 850, so he's second in that class. Alan Brew will be second in the 500cc class, an overall fourth place. In fifth place is number 31, Paul Coward, on a 350, Ron Saw on a 750, uh, Rich Hawkins then, number 24, on a 500 Sealy, and I think number 44, Pete Wakefield, leads the 250cc class from number 40, Steve Gibbs. Let's go to Cross Fours and Roy Moore. Yes, we can hear that big triple hammering down towards us. No, it's not, it's number 34, so he must be, have been overtaken. I think that's number 34 being Barry Edwards. 
on the 350 Honda, but certainly Dave Madston Migdal is with us here now. But Alan Oversby has not given up on this one. He's right behind him, literally right behind him. Chris McGarn, number nine, getting used to riding the big triple. And that sounds beautiful as it goes away through the megaphone. Alan Brew is here as well, so it's the order the same as it was previously. And number 31, Paul Coward. Not only does he campaign the 350 Honda, but uh, certainly with just this kind of three classes in one, TT Week, he brings over the aerial leader as well. Number two, Ron Saw. Number 24, Tony Court just goes up the inside there. Number 14, Tony Court just going up the inside there of number 33. Well, it's Tony Court because I don't know what the difference is there, but we'll certainly work that out. 24, 32. There's 32 with us now. 32, so. 44 has gone through, no, 30, I think that would be the leader of the uh, 250 class, number 32, 32, Ewan Hamilton. There's number 44, so Ewan Hamilton leads the 250s, over to you, Morris. Yeah, thank you, and I can tell you, Alan Oversby's on his own, uh, Dave Madsden Migdal certainly not there, and number nine is gone, so I suspect problems for Dave Madsden Migdal, he's not made it here, Alan Oversby leads from Chris McGarn, and I'm just getting indications, there's 11 and 41. That's Alan Brew and Paul Coward. And I can tell you that uh, Dave Mansden Migdal has been uh, noted touring at the stadium. So that's uh, problems as we expected there for Dave Mansden Migdal touring at the stadium. Ben's 34 and 24, Tony Court and Rich Hawkins. So the order shuffled. Alan Oversby now leads the race. Number 10, and obviously the 500cc class. Chris McGarn, who's on an 800, will lead that class. Alan Brew is in third place, number 11. This is number 32, Ewan Hamilton, and he moves up into seventh place. Uh, Tony Court is in fifth, number five. John Knowles, John on the 850, Nourish Rickman Batisse. 44, and 40, Wakefield, and 40, Steve Gibbs in ninth and tenth place overall, respectively. So Alan Oversby from Chris McGarn with Alan Brew in third. I can tell you there's also a problem with Ron Saw, uh, number two on the 750 Norton. He's uh, stopped somewhere beyond uh, Church Bends and Great Meadow, somewhere between Church Bends and Great Meadow. That's number two, Ron Saw. So a uh, bit of an attrition rate here. Number 10, Alan Oversby on the 500 Craven Manx leads the overall race and that class from uh, Chris McGarn. Uh, Chris McGarn on the 850 miles triumph. Let's go to Joy Moore. Yes, lap number four, cross four ways. We've had the pleasure of the... There, is, there he is, there's the race leader. Number 10, immaculate as ever. The drive that they get from those 500 Manx Nortons now is absolutely tremendous. And there's Chris McGarn and 34, but well, that's one that's been passed by them. But we'll give them a mention anywhere. Barry Edwards and there's Alan Brew and 31, Paul Coward. Well, you'll know what the situation is with the class win on that, I'm absolutely certain. And the beautiful BSA that was going through there, I just uh, didn't quite get the number on it. I think it was number 23, Stuart Robertson. Well, that always brings back memories of Bernard Codd. Number 33, Tony Cord is ahead of 24. So he overtake him, or took him here on there. 33, Tony Court overtook number 24, Rich Hawkins, as they went through cross four ways on the last lap, and he's maintaining that pace. Yes, Bernard Court, delighted to hear him on Radio TT this year with Charlie Williams. But over to you, uh, Morris. Yes, thanks, uh, Roy. Just uh, trying to shuffle in these classes, and of course with the, some of the changes of machine, Alan Oversby uh, evidently leading the race, and no doubt about that. From the 
Chris McGarn. But of course, with these shuffling changes of numbers that we tried to sort out at the beginning, I didn't do a very good job. Either, I have to say, 45, he'll be a lap adrift, I think. And Nick Penny, there's 11. So I suspect it must be Paul Coward who's leading the. Uh, no, Paul, uh, I don't know now because it's 30 to 50 is up to 350 cc's, and Paul Coward should be just about squeezing in that, so probably leading that class in the 350 to 500s. Uh, that presumably is being led by Chris McGarn, who's the second place, and Alan Oversby leading in the other class. But all will come right in the end, I'm sure. But Alan Oversby, four laps completed by him. He's got a 5.8 second advantage over Chris McGarn. And then, well, some 11 or 12 seconds further back of that is Alan Brew. They're followed by Paul Coward, Tony Court, who's riding at number 33. And, of course, not 14 as per the programme, but he was down as 33 as an non-starter. But that changed somewhere along the line. 32, Ewan Hamilton. He's going well too, as is five, John Knowles. So what have we got? We've got eight competitors having completed uh, four laps in this uh, classic event. Remember, a six-lap race, so still two to go. And uh, Alan Oversby inherited the lead following Dave Madsen Miggles' departure. And 40, Pete Wakefield and Steve Gibbs. So they're through now, but they should be uh, almost with Roy Moore at cross four ways. Yes, I suppose when they retire with engine trouble, they're hoping it's nothing too serious because to get pits for these things now is, uh, well, they're manufacturing uh, parts, uh, machine parts, and you can get certain things, but certain things like crankcases, if anything major happens, and Alan Oversby here, number 10. Disc brake on the front, which slows them down. Chris McGarn a little bit closer. Tucked in behind the fairing as he goes away, but uh, certainly he won't be chasing me, I wouldn't have thought. He'll know he'll have that class win, providing the triumph keeps going. And 31 has got ahead of Alan Brew now. 31, Paul Coward. Number 11, Alan Brew, safely through, so they're down to what would be fourth and fifth places. And 42, yes, we're assuming, but that doesn't sound too good as it goes away, I must admit. Having get a trouble getting it chimed up as number 42, and I wouldn't have thought he'd be holding on to that position. That could be a bit of a lap there because these two here are now Tony Court and number 24. 24 being Rich Hawkins are through as well. So it looks as though there could be trouble for the little 250 of number 42, but the leaders should be with you, Morris. Yes, thank you, Roy, from our uh, sauna here in the Castor Bypass. Whew. Don't complain. There's number 10. seconds in fact so uh, Chris Bagan's beginning to catch him uh, well he's got uh, only one more lap to do it in because the flag is out to indicate to them they're on their sixth and final circuit there's Paul Cowan ahead now of Alan Brew so a bit of a change there so the first three certainly Alan Oversby Chris McGarn and Paul Coward Alan Oversby leading uh, of course the uh, on the 500 Craven Manx uh, number 10 ahead of uh, Chris Bagan, but Chris Bagan, of course, leading the 850 on the 850 miles triumph. Tony Court through there, Rich Hawkins across the line now. Um, just looking down, I think Barry Edwards and Gerard are came, but they're a lap adrift, so quite a few will be passed, I'm sure, and lapped. But it's Alan Oversby from Chris Bagan and Paul Coward, Alan Bruce in fourth, Tony Court in fifth, Rich Hawkins in sixth. 45 also, uh, a lap adrift is uh, Nick Penny. Uh, 
I think we would wait for the arrival of maybe Ewan Hamilton, John Knowles, Pete Wakefield. It's uh, the midfield men of the moment that we're looking for. Alan Oversby averaging 91, 5 and 32. There's John Knowles and Ewan Hamilton saying Alan Oversby his quickest lap, 247.101, 91.561. That's the quickest lap of the race. But for the moment, for the final time, they'll be somewhere with Roy at Citrus Forward. They certainly will. It's been interesting to see whether Chris McGarn has made any time up on him. Uh, certainly they won't be too far away from us. We estimate that Ewan Hamilton, number 32, is leading the 250s from number 44, Pete Wakefield. But for the last time, the leader's here. And the runner, second place man, Chris McGarn, is here as well. 750 class win and a 500 class win, I would think, on the cards there. But it's got, it's got that little bit to go. And certainly on the strain that they put on these particular machines, the, the dive through Great Meadow is the most part. And 350 class winner, I would suggest, would be number 31. Taking everything as red, Paul Coward. And number 11, Alan Brew. Well, it could be a runner-up position for him in the 500 class. As you say, Morris, it's a bit difficult to get it all sorted out, but I'm sure that come the end of the six laps, that's the case it will be. So with the news from Cross Four Ways, that number 10, Alan Oversby, still leads from number 9, Chris McGon, within third place, number 31, 31 being Paul Coward. We don't want to miss the finish. There's Tony Court. Over to you, Morris. Yes, thank you, Roy. And this isn't the race leader, 41. On the line now, also touring in behind that's 26. But this is the race winner. Checkered flag is out for number 10. Alan Oversby takes the checkered flag. Chris McGarn is in second place. So Alan Oversby, overall winner, winner of that class. Chris McGarn, of course, winner of his class. And it should be 31. Paul Coward soon. That's not him. 23. They're going through now. Stuart Robinson. So it's Paul Coward we're waiting for to complete the class winners. That's him. Crosses the line ahead of Alan Brew. Number 11, of course, Alan on the 496 Sealy, so he'll be second in the 500cc class. So that's the uh, completion of the classic race. A win for Alan Oversby in a time of six laps, sorry, 16 minutes, 57.9 seconds. His uh, best lap was on lap six, 246.92. 91.660 miles an hour. In second place, Chris McGon, uh, growing time of 71.285. He also had his quickest lap on lap six, 247.539, 91.322. In third place, Paul Coward, winner of his class as well, uh, 17 minutes, 19.681. Those are the first three and the three class winners, and I think with a bit of luck, some of them should be with Chris now. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Morris. Let's get in and have a word with Alan Oversby. Alan, just a quick word. It was nearly a repeat of you and Dave again last year. You and Dave Madsen-Migler, wasn't it, at one yeah, point? Yeah, I think he had legs on me this time. He had a <laughs> bit more speed than me. Uh, I don't know what happened to I think a belt cheered on his bike. Oh, he just he stopped on the on the, on the the final bit of the circuit through Stadium, I believe, up to Castletown Corner. Ah, yeah, yeah. Faultless run? Um, yeah, yeah. Two-thirds of the way through, he'd he, he give a real cough. I don't know what it was. Could have been, It could be... Uh, Battery, I think, something like that, going down. So I started taking it easy. And then I kept looking around, and Chris McGann was catching and catching. And I, thought, oh, I don't press it any harder, so it might, it might not work, you know. So I well, just the class win anyway. You're well clear in your class. Oh yeah, no, but it's still nice a race, to win on, yeah. the, on the road. Well, that's it, yeah. yeah still <laughs> a race, good, it? good conditions out there for you. Oh, it's superb, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely superb, and yeah. uh, looking forward to the Mexico Grand Prix now. Oh, are you? Oh, yeah. Go going for it this year. Ah, that's it. <laughs> well done, Am. Cheers. Um, yeah. Right. Cheers. Thank you very much. Well done. Cheers. 
Let's get in a word with this man. He's been out and about with this. Well, not this bike, but the Hales first bike. And again. First yeah, and second again, yeah. <laughs> the old, old man Migdal went out. Yeah, he had a problem with the bike. Just It slowed up and then it was just cruise around, really. Keep it together. This is... Um, Norman Miles, who owns this, is the chap who used to build the, the Rob North replicas, and he's made like 500 of them. And this is known as the old girl. This is the one that Glen English rode. Yeah, I've seen Glen's name. Yeah, Glen, Glen rode it and got that record and everything a few years ago. And he's rode it in Belgium about five years ago. That's the last time we rode it, really. We got it, well, Norman's retired now, so we just got it out of retirement. Excellent. And, uh, he's done the business again? Yeah, yeah. Good old girl. They're going to scare yourself silly on the R1 later as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> Still can't the grips of that, can you? Oh, so the class, we start from the top and start looking down. When we were on the R1, we start at the bottom and then look up from there. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Chris. Thanks very much indeed. There you go, Chris McGon. Let's have a word with Tony Court, uh, winner of his particular class. That's a good run. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, it took a bit to get going, as usual, and uh, I had to get past a few of the uh, few of the bikes that were in the way, but uh, some quick bikes out there, so I don't know, I'm happy enough. Um, I thought it was second. Uh, well, you're first in your class. What about Paul Coward? I think he might have been behind you. Well, they've dragged you near anyway, so... Oh, well, I'll... First in your class, just oh. take it, just take oh, it. Fair enough, fair enough. It yeah. gives you a bit of time for the next, for the 125s as well, then it gives you a bit of track time. Yeah, 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 because I've, to be honest, I've not had much time on the 350, so it has a good shakedown for the mounts, really, so I'm happy with that. Cheers, thank you, Tom. Thanks very much, Jim. There you go, there's Tony Court, Chris McGarn and Alan Oversby, the first in each particular class. Back to you, Morris.